Bethel. The Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, a.k.a. the Plymouth Brethren Crazy Cult, is experiencing some discomfort all over the world today. Uh, they have a land deal in Chicago that isn't going as smooth as they would like it to go. Residents are irate that a cult who wants to take this land and build private members only places of worship on it are getting first of all a sweetheart deal and second of all taking land that not only is really valuable um, but also is uh, will eventually be closed to the general public in Barrington which is the suburb outside of Chicago also in the UK um, this came out of left field for me uh, they have decided that they were going to do another new build and basically just build over and uh, build over a graveyard and remove gravestones because they really, really respect the beliefs and spirituality of other people. I can't stress that enough. Um, and we are also going to talk about uh, that 70s show star, uh, Danny Masterson, and his 30-year conviction. Um, he was a member of the, of the Church of Scientology. His two victims were also members of Scientology. And the reason why we're going to talk about that as it relates to the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church is because there is a, the same sort of uh, culture inside both of those groups. They're closed to outsiders, and they, uh, they, they tend to want to police issues that deal with sexual assault and sexual abuse internally, if they deal with it at all, because they value the public relations of their religious institution more than they do the actual victims of sexual crimes. So here, to help me unpack all of this, are two friends of the show, Cheryl Hope and Mr. Richard Marsh. Cheryl, Richard, how are you guys? Good. I'm good, thank you, James. Um, Cheryl, I'm going to start with you. So this is the story that came out. Uh, Danny Masterson, uh, I used to watch that 70s show. I thought it was a pretty dope show when it first came out. But he was a member or is a, a member of Scientology. And he, uh, back in, I think it was 2002, 2003, um, now it, it can be said, uh, without the word allegedly in front of it, raped two fellow members of, uh, the Scientology religion who had to jump hurdle after hurdle after hurdle, trying to find justice at first. Tell me if this sounds familiar. They were approached by elders of the group saying that we don't want any of this to get out. We want to deal with it internally. Then they wanted to police the language that the victims were going to use. They didn't want to use the word rape, for example. And I took a look at that, and I wrote, uh, I wrote a piece for Cryer called Could Danny, Masterson, Could Danny Masterson Conviction Be Springboard to Hearing More Plymouth Brethren Abuse Cases? Uh, it, it was a little bit of a reach, I fully admit. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, as far as religious groups go, you are no stranger to this. Did, did you see any hope at all? Is this like a mega reach for me? Or do you think that case, high profile cases like this um, could then be, you know, piggybacked on to, to talk about cases like your own? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. I cried when I read that. Yeah. I, that for me. Because of the grammar? Oh. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry. laughs> but it is, when I first heard of his conviction and his, what he was served 
for me, it was like, yes, we needed a high profile case like this inside Scientology. I've always said the PBCC uses the same exact structure as Scientology. Mm -hmm. Yes, a lot of people refer to PBCC as Jehovah Witnesses. They're a lot like Jehovah Witnesses. They are, but they have a very strong structure like Scientology does. They are two peas in a pod. So for Danny to have a 30 year sentence handed down to him, I bawled. I was like, yes, this is what I needed. This is what we needed for the PBCC because he's not, this is a, it's a high profile case plus inside an institution like Scientology. So my message to the PBCC is your time's coming. This, this is going to help not only the PBCC, but you think of the people in um, Jehovah Witnesses, the fundamentalist Mormons, it's, all those hardcore cults that are out there, we needed a win like this. Every single survivor needed a win like this. I agree. Richard? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, the parallels with Scientology are incredibly close. You might say from a kind of religious theology perspective, they haven't got much in common. But as, as Cheryl said, the structure and the way they police their members it's just identical. They just have all the same structures with slightly different names. And in particular, Scientology had a famous fair game policy, which was fair game in the sense of, yes, it's shooting season, uh, which was that anyone who criticized Scientologists, there was kind of no rules. You could do what the hell you like to them. A little bit like a fatwa, you know, yeah. you can do what you like to these people. And, and that is exactly the way the brethren treat former members who speak out the the way that they treat ex-members is is startlingly startlingly similar is that the right word yeah um and you know they they, they follow them around or you know they put pis against uh, on them richard you obviously have experience with that kind of thing there yep. is um but i saw i i did really feel like the, there is a chance um at, at some sort of hope um where where we could see even if it wasn't um, the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church ex-members or survivors, you know, uh, th there there's a lot happening in um, Jehovah's Witness circles mm -hmm. uh, over the past 20 years uh, that they all go through sort of the same thing. And it's always built around this idea that we need to protect the rights of people who express religious views uh, in an omnipotent being, especially. And um, and, and yeah. I'm hopeful. We're not going to spend too much time on this. I just wanted to bring this up just because, um, uh, Cheryl, especially because you're going to be on the show, that, that I, I'm hopeful that um, th this high-profile case will lead to some more coverage of cases like yours. And mm -hmm. the interesting thing is, is the overlap between that high-profile case and this high-profile case, which is... Da -da 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 -da. Is it that one? It's this one. My bad. Um, in Chicago, in Barrington County, which is a suburb of Chicago, uh, the headline reads, Church Hoping to Move into South Barrington Faces Pushback from Residents. Now, we covered this on an earlier show a couple weeks ago, I think with you, Richard. And the the background of this case, actually, Richard, let me give it to you because uh, you, you could probably speak more uh, eloquently on it than I could. Give me the background on the on the land deal case in Chicago involving the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church. Sure. So the Plymouth Brethren have got a congregation of about 200 in Chicago, and they currently have a, a meeting hall there. Their main meeting hall is just south of O'Hare Airport. Um, and Brethren 
all around the world are moving away from city centers and into wealthy suburbs. Um, and so Brethren in Chicago um, cast their eyes on the suburb of Barrington, which is a very wealthy area, a very nice area. Um, and they they found a, a 32-acre lot um, which was scheduled for parkland. And they they engineered some kind of a deal with the a couple of councillors, the president and vice president of the Barrington Park District Council, whereby the brethren could purchase this land at a remarkably low price and the councillors would facilitate rezoning to use as a church and school, which is what the brethren wanted to do. Um, now, this um, the residents were, were outraged. It turned out that all sorts of um, devious means had been used like um they had a referendum for example to uh a referendum to see if the council could sell this land but the referendum wasn't sent to the residents who lived closest to the property in other words the ones most likely to object um and the the these two councillors have kind of handheld and helped out the brethren all the way through this process they arranged an auction to sell the land at which the brethren were the only bidding party present, which is hardly a highly competitive arena. Um, the, the, the residents were, you know, smelled a rat, um, were outraged, and it later transpired that the two councillors were also realtors in the area. <laughs> the significance of that is that when the brethren move um, to a new area, they all move. There was, there was a recent case in Australia the sort of Sydney suburb outlying city of Windsor closed down and all the brethren moved out. They sell all their meeting halls, all their houses. And I think it was like Windsor's fairly small congregation, but it was like $56 million worth of brethren housing sold in the course of a year. Now, this is a huge windfall for realtors. Um, in the way the system works in America, the realtors get a bite at the cherry when the house is sold, and then they get a bite at the cherry when the new house is bought. And so these realtors, if they, by promoting this deal, they stood to gain, you know, in terms of commissions, we estimated maybe seven, seven to eight million dollars. Um, so it was a huge conflict of interest. Um, it was the, the, the route these realtors come councillors went down was the very worst deal for the residents of Barrington and an extremely lucrative deal for them personally. And so this has all hit the fan. There were angry public meetings with placards and chanting of no PBCC, which were attended by news crews and even news crews in helicopters. Um, the brethren attended one of these meetings and lied egregiously about their intentions. <laughs> let me play uh, the resident. Yeah, let, let me. Yeah. I'm going to play. I'm going to play, play a couple clips. I'm going to play first. I'm going to play the yep. the irate resident clip uh, inside. I don't know if this was just a. It was this the council meeting that was moved into the gymnasium, Cheryl? Yeah, this is the second. This if if I yeah the second meeting. Yeah, because that there were just to, for our audience, there were there were too many residents that wanted to come that they had to move it from the regular council chambers over to a gymnasium uh, at, a, I guess, a local high school or something. So here's that first video clip, and, and we'll, uh, we'll come on the back end and talk about the next one. I don't think any of you want to be known as pariahs in your own community. 
in which to raise funds for the shady backroom deal where obviously there's collusion, that will not stand and nobody here is going to stand for that. Well, guess what? We filed a lawsuit and you're going to have to listen to it. Okay? The Park District intentionally suppressed votes by sending mailers only to a portion of South Barrington residents when they're supposed to represent all residents. The Park District lied to voters that a yes vote would increase tax revenue, not my words, the Park District's words, and avoid a tax increase, both of which are not true for the nonprofit entity that they were trying to sell to will not pay taxes. So what were we going to do? Were we going to sit here and let the sale close? No. We had our attorney work till 2.50 in the morning drafting up an injunction in a Because this is what I like. What I like is depositions. What I like is asking every single one of you people under oath in a law firm according to exactly everything is going to come out. The PBCC members are also going to be deposed. And we're going to find out exactly what's happening. You have no idea who you're dealing with, obviously. Okay? are not going to happen. So, buckle up. I will definitely make it my mission to make sure you are not elected in the next election. You do not represent us. How are you sure? We are the public. You represent us. The zoning will not work. The lawsuits, we will make sure it doesn't happen. This is very underhanded. This is very shady, the way you're operating. And we're not going to stand for it. that foot in this church, they are going to build walls around us. We can do a lot better with this land. And even if we don't do anything with this land, it would be better than having what we're, you guys have signed the deal with the devil to do. People feel as if there's a side deal going on. You signed a deal with the devil. Listen, I was never a member of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church, but I can only imagine, and Cheryl, I'll throw it to you, how giddy you are listening to that happen in a public forum in front of a city council. Like, and, 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 and in a city, I know it's not uh, downtown Chicago, but it's close enough you know, to one of the biggest cities in the United States. How did, how did you feel listening to that? Oh, man, when I had these videos sent to me, I couldn't believe what was coming out of their mouths. Now, prior to this, Richard and I and another ex-member sat down with a group of the Chicago residents to inform them of what actually the PBCC were. Mm. So for them to take what we said to complete heart, do their own research, and then come up and say what they were saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was music to our ears, right? The thing is, is they don't, the one guy, the Steve, I can't remember his last name, but the one guy that was talking about putting them, um, um, putting them on this, you know, getting them to swear under oath, yeah. is they don't realize that the PBCC members don't give a shit. They will lie. They don't, they lie under oath all the time. Right. So that is the only problem that's going to come up against uh, against this is that the PBCC members, they believe 
that they're above the law and they will do whatever it takes to get this land. And if that means lying, they'll lie. Richard, I don't know if this um, if this is meant to be funny or or if it actually would work. But if they had to swear on a Plymouth Brethren Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is this is a very interesting point because the Brethren will not swear on a Bible in court. They always take the option of affirming. And of course, the, the reason for that is that if they swore on a Bible, they wouldn't be able to lie. So if there's any court case and brethren have to bear witness, they will not swear on the Bible. They affirm. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I just want to tell Loni that I'm never going to take away the music at the beginning of my show. And I don't think it's too loud. <laughs> I, don't, I, I turn it oh, down. Oh, I liked it. Yeah, I turn it, it down. I think you can hear my yeah. voice over the music. So, you know, I grew up in nightclubs. Sorry, Loni, or Loni, whatever your name is. Um, okay. So, uh, and and so we're looking at the calendar. So in two days, what is happening on September 15th, Cheryl, as far as the, the Chicago land deal? Isn't that a key date? Richard, one of you. What's on September 15th? September 15th, um, I feel, I think is the next council meeting that talks about, that deals with the, the concerns that were laid out on the previous council meeting. Am I not, am I, am I wrong about that? Yeah, I'm not sure it's a public meeting though. Yeah. So. They, they were they were having a private meeting to discuss litigation, but who, you know, good luck. Who to would them. have thought that realtors would act shady and in their own self interest? This is just crazy. I know. It's and shocking. just to reiterate, all that the, all that the PBCC would. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's doubly That's shocking. Right. You know, just to reiterate, re- reiterate, <laughs> the council people aren't part of the PBCC. None of anybody that's on the council are not part of the PBCC. And yes, they're compromised by them. We believe they're compromised by them. There is no reason why they would have done the deal they did and fight so hard for it if there wasn't something on the side for them. And that's what you hear a lot of the residents were saying that there was, they want to find out what the backdoor deal was. They want to know what the sidey, you know, little handshake on the side with the PBCC was all about because doing this deal with them to get their taxes reduced doesn't help them at all this does nothing for the residents of chicago this does nothing for their taxes in there it doesn't reduce anything because the pbcc are completely tax exempt it doesn't make sense so you we know that something is happening on the side yeah um well their rapid relief team is going to be out there not eating with the firefighters that they feed food with right like (laughs) It's it's so funny. It, the the, yeah. the entire operation, once you take a look at it, it collapses like a house of cards because, it, you know, to, in order to gain that tax free status, you have to be charitable, and in order to come off as charitable, you 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 get this rapid relief team and spring them into action, <laughs> and they don't really do anything. They just sit under one of those makeshift tents with a couple of foldy tables and give out hot dogs. Like they, they're not, you know, they're not yeah. curing cancer. They're not like you know really volunteering their time. They're certainly not breaking bread with the heroes that they're giving food to because they're not allowed to break bread. Um, I have another clip also that shows, I think, show this might have been the clip that you were referring to about, um, I think, you know what, I'm going to let it speak for itself because it it is actually pretty poignant. So this is at a council meeting. Um, I think, I don't know if deposition is the right word for it, but a uh, a spokesperson or a member of the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church is being asked questions by a lawyer or a resident? I don't know who it is. Whoever is this is. the one about if they are if their church is open for public worship? That's the one. But let's let's let the clip speak yeah. for itself, and then you can unpack okay. it for us when it's done. The website will describe that much better than I can. Um, anyone that desires to be part of our church, there certainly is a pathway for them to become part of our church. Yeah, what if I not part of your church? For example, 
I go to Willow Creek, I've attended services there. I've been to the back Barrington Methodist Church, been to St. Anne's. Can I just come in to your church? Without being a member. Yeah, go to our website. It'll. Good point. I said. I think from that, my takeaway is that the answer is no. Right. Yeah. I looked at zoning ordinances for other villages. And they specifically say church. South Barrington specifies in every part of the ordinance that the church must be for public worship. And we question how the commission can make a recommendation on the PBCC development if the church is not open for public worship. That, that is so classic. It's like, uh, sir, is your church open for public uh, worship? Uh, you're going to have to refer to the website. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they, 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 yeah, oh, this guy just made me laugh. Previous to this, he had reassured them that this was not going to become a mega church and that I've got 160 years to prove that this won't become a mega church. Yet he gets asked if it's open to the public and he can't fucking answer it. I'm like, yeah. you've got to be kidding me. You can sit there and have all this history knowledge, but you don't know presently today if it's open for public worship. This is what I mean, how they just lie, lie, lie through their teeth. It was so frustrating to watch. Richard, this is like, this is all hubris, really, right? Because they, they never usually have to answer questions. Well, yes, and certainly not from a woman. I mean, the, the thing that I found very amusing was this poor guy actually had to face up to a woman who spoke her mind, and she swatted him like a housefly. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, their own women are not even allowed to speak in church. I mean, gosh. Uh, and, you know, they've got these, they, they've got probably 400 charitable trusts globally. They have a trust for each of their meeting halls, and every single one of those trustees has a penis. <laughs> Um, they just do not allow women in their administration. Yeah. Well, one assumes some kind of appendage of that nature, James. Um, okay. But the, 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 the guy, it was so humiliating for the guy, particularly to be slapped down by a woman. I, I enjoyed that moment enormously. Yeah, um, I'm trying to find, let me just see if I can find it, because uh, I want to, uh, I think it's worth showing that not all the media is is friendly to the residents. Um and I think this was the guy from the uh, Daily Herald. Uh, I forget his name. His name escapes me right now. Uh, Russell Lato. Russell Lato. Uh, yeah. Seems like a real tight ass. I, I, tried, I called him yesterday, and I asked him if he would appear on this show. And he was like, I don't really see the purpose of me appearing on that show. The case is all written down <laughs> in the media. And I was just like, Jesus. I don't think I want you on the show just because of the way you talk, but um, but I don't know if this is one of yes. his articles or not. But Cheryl, can you explain? I, I'm going to read the article on the left and then explain what parts are gone on the article on the right. But on the left, it says local critics of the plan have said they're concerned about the ecological impact of the proposed development, the conversion of the land into private property, traffic and other issues. Some have criticized the church's practices, too. Plymouth Brethren Christian Church members follow a doctrine of separation and don't socialize with non-members. 
The church is reviewing the decision to halt the sale, spokeswoman Jacqueline Wilcox said via email Wednesday. The church's plans for the land have been developed with deep consideration and commitment to the environmental sensitivities of the site, as well as the fabric of the neighborhood, Wilcox said. In an, early, in an earlier email, Wilcox noted, <clears throat> Wilcox, remember that name, noted the church already had removed from the plan a proposed access road from Acadia Drive within the woods of South Barrington because of the community concerns. Um, I'm, if there was a graveyard there, I'm sure they just would have kept going with that road, and we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but um, And then the article on the right, which is the same article, uh, they changed it, and spoiler alert, they removed the spokeswoman's name and her anywhere her name appeared. Why did they do that? So I might, Richard, you might be able to comment. Did, was it Russell that wrote this article too? I'm not sure. But I Russell really yes. wanted to keep out the religion side of all of his articles. Um, he didn't want to dive into that side of things. Now, when this article came up, it makes me question things again on, so this Jacqueline Wilcox, we really pointed out, someone came to us and said like, hey, this chick's got a couple books written. One of them was um, something to do with, men tell all about why they do what they do in a brothel and so of course you know that could be uh, one page you know right (laughs) (laughs) and so we pointed that out and then the next thing you know they have removed this chick's name from the article so like what i've never heard of a church having that kind of power over a news a news article before where they can phone them up and say, Hey, um, yeah, we don't want that chick's name in our article anymore. Can you remove it? And it was removed. I bet you all because of, I I, listen, I'm not going to say I bet you, but, um, often in cases like that, where a one side that has a lot of money wants something from the reporter that wrote a story, sometimes money is involved. I'm not saying that happened here, but I'm saying that often (laughs) happens, right? Um, and he's a good candidate for that because he's just so smarmy, this guy. Richard, go ahead. Yeah, well, because the, the interesting thing was, this is a, a obviously a Chicago story, but if you look up Jacqueline Wilcox, um, she's a very top-notch public relations and damage management consultant out of Sydney, Australia, which, of course, means that the as soon as the shit hit the fan... The brethren are on the phone to Bruce Hales and he says, oh, get a, get, get a top Sydney PR consultant onto the job because Australians are better at everything than you Yankees. And so they, they contact this woman and what they didn't realise is that she, was, she spoke in her own name rather than on behalf of the church. And of course, the, there are two things that are anathema and taboo. One is having a woman spokesperson, because of course, women are not allowed to speak. And the second was she had this extremely dodgy background writing a book called um, Talking to Men in Brothels, which leads one to speculate if that's where she met the brethren in the first maybe place. Her brothel, maybe, but anyway. maybe her brothel name is Wilcox. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> sort of. Okay. With a question yeah, mark, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so um, that is a that is a story that's ongoing. Um, I'm going to shift gears here a little bit now because, uh, Richard, I think you you put me onto this story the other day, and it was I had to like give my head a shake. I, I couldn't even heart wrenching. Yeah, I couldn't even yeah. believe what I was reading. Um, let's just I'm going to play show the headline here. The headline says, "Controversial cult accused in graveyard desecration row." Um. <laughs> 
I don't want to butcher anything, uh, and I'd rather people not be confused with my tomfoolery of this story because there's so much that I could joke about. But, Richard, what is this story about, and where did it take place? Okay, so this happened in Wales, um, and this is a Plymouth Brethren congregation who were looking for a new, smaller meeting hall. Uh, they have city-sized meeting halls that seat about 2,000, and they also have what they call a local room, which seats about 50 to 100 people. And they found this um, old chapel. It was built 1840, little tiny traditional Welsh chapel, and snapped it up and thought they will convert this into a meeting hall. Um, now, of course, when these chapels were built, people walked walked to church, so it didn't have a parking lot. Instead a graveyard, um, the brethren, of course, drive huge SUVs and very large expensive vehicles. So they needed to create a, a parking area, a parking lot. So they... Um, so Richard, just, be, planning... just let me interject here. While yeah. you talk, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the illustration up while you talk here. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So, so they needed to create a big parking lot. Um, and to get access to that parking lot, they they needed to go over one corner of the graveyard. So they put in for planning permission and received, as I understand it, planning permission for a small access that just clipped the corner of the graveyard, an area that hadn't actually been used. There were no graves in that corner. Um, and they, it was for a 10-foot wide roadway that just clipped one corner of the graveyard where there were no graves. So having got this permission, they then proceeded to put in a 19-foot wide driveway. And instead of turning sharply to the right to avoid the graveyard, it swept round to the left by about 30 feet, covering maybe a third of the graveyard and at least five graves. And they just pulled up the headstones uh, and laid them aside. And there were also some headstones that just kind of abutted onto the curb line. So the headstone was on the curb, um, but the actual grave lay under the parking lot. And then they go and put a wooden fence in, like a, a, a proper wooden stake fence around the remaining bit of the graveyard and drive a, a four-inch square fence post with a pile driver straight into one of these graves. Um, so <laughs> then I... You know, every the, the sort of outraged residents put up photos of this wooden stake straight through the heart of a grave. Uh, the next morning, there was a brethren man, um, I think, what was his name? Peter Roberts yeah. was seen in great agitation pulling this stake out of the grave. And the brethren then, then told the press that they had um, removed... They had removed some elements of fencing, fencing that weren't in accord with their high standards. <laughs> their high standards. Wow. Like you can't yes. even make yeah. this shit up anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine yeah. if this was like a Catholic church doing this? Well, yes, I can actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know, but yes. what, what, what the media would just be, everybody would be outraged by it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Catholic church in this country, uh, although there's controversies attached to whether or not actually took place i don't want to get down that rabbit hole but with the whole um uh, residential schools mass grave thing right like i mean and and then the developers in i think it was caledon in the 90s 
that wanted to build, I don't know if it was a golf course or just a development over top of, uh, of First Nations graves there. And, and it's, it's, it's always interesting because, um, look, I'm not a spiritual guy, but even I'm like, dude. <laughs> you don't do that. No, like I don't believe in God even, but it's just like there's dead people there with gravestones and people go there to like, you know, put flowers on the grave and, and share memories and stuff. And, and you're, you know, you're desecrating it. But for a religious group to do it, on the grounds of what were they building again, Richard? <laughs> well, it was a parking lot for their SUVs. You know? <laughs> They're supposed to be pious. Like these are these are people that are supposed to be like. But but really, at the end of the day, okay, I'm going to stop joking because there's way too many jokes that you can tell. But their 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 contempt or lack of respect or whatever you want to call it for any spiritual belief that isn't their own is crazy. What happens to brethren when they die? What, what goes? Where do they get buried or cremated? What, what what happens there? Well, this is the this is the hypocritical thing about yeah. it that um, yeah. about twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, um, somewhere in France, some graves were moved. You know, I'm sure it was done respectfully, but some graves, some old brethren graves were moved to make way for a new road or something, and the brethren were outraged, and Bruce Hales gets up publicly and says, we must have our own graveyards. We can't have our graves disturbed. And at that point, the brethren all started having their own graveyards. There's one in Cambridge. There's one in Northampton. There's one in Leamington. I'm sure there's some in North America, but you know, I don't know the locations. And, and so, yeah, I mean, brethren have great respect for their own dead. Um, and they're all you know, very carefully put where the graves can never be disturbed in their own private graveyards with locked gates. But when it's someone else that's dead, I mean, never mind that these were very pious Methodists who's, you know, have very traditional Christian beliefs. No, they can just drive a stake through your head because you're a Methodist. It, it's, it's very vampire that, that one photo. Astonishing. That, that it one is. photo is it like, is. it's almost like... Um, Okay, we got to wait for the uh, moon to come out here on the set of the uh, new Dracula film. And uh, we're just going to just get the stake in there so we can get a lighting shot. Like, it doesn't even, it, it, it's amazing to me. So what is happening with that case now? Because uh, as far as, uh, the last thing that I read is that um, residents are outraged. But it's being covered by, extensively by media in, in, in the UK, is it not? And there's a change. Yeah, just this morning. There's a petition that's going out for people to sign. So... Um, please, please, please. We need everybody to be signing this petition and get it going. Yeah. Did you send that? I want to also, no. pardon? Did you send the petition to me? Uh, no. Yeah, I sent you the okay, link. Go, go ahead. I, I sent, I go sent, ahead, Joe, I'll find it. I just I sent the link. I want, this is what I want everybody to understand is that it's the PBCC's actions that show they don't freaking care about any other human besides themselves. People need to quit supporting them. People need to quit supporting their businesses. People need to quit supporting their fake charity because they can schmooze schmooze all they want, but they don't give a fuck about you. They really don't. They don't care. They want your money. They want your land and they want to be able to do whatever they want on those things so like i guess this is my biggest thing that i want to put out to everybody who continues supporting them that it's ridiculous nobody should be supporting them no but no one does except but for they do th except There's for th except for that they support themselves and then they receive this weird tacit support in the form of and this is what i always want to go back to for some reason but not for, for good reason 
they receive tacit support from Commonwealth governments that keep on giving them billions of dollars in contracts. Mm-hmm. The people that you're giving billions of dollars in contracts to are the people that did this, <laughs> you know, like, or, or, or the people that um, protected uh, the abusers that you face, Cheryl, or the people that hired David Wallace to kidnap you, Richard. Like, these are the things that, like, no one is tethering together when it comes to this group. Uh, before we um, uh, sort of close the door on, on that story, because, I, 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 by the way, I put the link to the uh, petition inside the chat. So if anyone wants to go in, please click it, sign it. Um, you know, you'll be doing a small part, but a part nonetheless uh, in, in sort of helping, you know, uh, the, the people that care about this graveyard and, the, and, the, and their, their relatives or whatever it is, um, you know, not get their graves disturbed and, and have to reverse this process. But um, with all of these stories, um, the Masterson story and, and sort of piggyback on Scientology, uh, NBC and others covering the Chicago land deal, uh, this story in the UK, I saw a BBC article. Um, and and I also saw this recently by the New Statesman, Inside Britain's Exclusive Sex. Yeah, that's a good article. Their businesses are worth billions. Their worldview is ultra-conservative. Who are the Plymouth Brethren? Uh, by Pippa Bailey. I'm going to try to have Pippa Bailey on the show soon. Are we seeing a snail's pace, but nonetheless an incremental awareness level increasing by uh, through the use uh, and, and through the exposure um, on mainstream outlets, Richard, right now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, I would say, more than a snail's pace. I think this is kind of a watershed moment because there's a kind of a cumulative effect whereby, you know, when some news article comes up, about PBCC and a reporter or an editor is looking at it, the first thing they do is go on Google and they Google PBCC. And if they do that now, they see there's a whole schwack, even in the past 12 months, of extremely scandalous stories. And of course, that kind of releases them, right? We can write about this group. They're already notorious. There's a story here. We can link to these past stories. So I think it's kind of like the dam giving way. And you, you know, they they just can't hide anymore. No. And you know they're getting, you know they're getting scared. So I want to let the PBCC know that their PI that they have on me right now, I'm not afraid of. And you know what? You can go through all my garbage as much as you want. I have someone going through my garbage cans now. It's been like a couple times. I've got the license plate. Like I know they feel that they're they are feeling the heat that we've put on them. And you know, Cheryl, just to, just to interject for a second. I don't think it's illegal to put a dye pack in the garbage. Right. <laughs> just so if they open it and you see a guy wandering around Maple Creek or wherever with blue paint all over his face, then maybe, you know. Well, then I'm, yeah, I'm in Alberta, so it would be in Alberta. Right. But yeah, it's, so you know, you know that they're, you know that they are 100% feeling the heat. Yeah. Um. I, I hope so. I, I you know, but their hubris knows no end, right? Like there's a, you know, mm. there seems to be, um, and, 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 you know, a lot of lawyers are like this, you know, they, they, they play the long game. They wait it out. Uh, we have information fatigue in 2023 because of all the data that we receive. And so sometimes there isn't an appetite to follow through on things because once you really believe in one story and you want to do something about it, another dozen stories are, are in your brain uh, pushing that one out. Um, I, I want to go back for one second to some uh, to a comment that someone just made uh, regarding um, <clears throat> this is from uh, PNC. Does the CPC, uh, CPC GOP UK Tories support them? Uh, 
Yes, they do. Uh, in, in Canada, uh, you know, and, and we covered this extensively, Stephen Harper swore in a Plymouth Brethren Bible uh, and in 2006. During his inauguration speech in 2011, all of the top elders from the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church were seated in the front row, whom he then shook hands with before anybody else. I have tried to get the uh, obtain the donor lists from 2005 to 2012. No such luck. I don't know why. I haven't been able to receive them, uh, but I haven't been able to get them. I even have my publisher trying to get them, and he hasn't been able to get them either. Um, in the UK, um, yeah, the UK Tories are the ones that awarded them all these PPE contracts during COVID that totaled billions of dollars, billions of pounds, whatever it was. And uh, in, in, in the United States, they have a long history of being like boiler room uh, telemarketing agents offering free electoral campaign work um, for going uh, for petitioning against gay marriage that also happened in Canada and other things like that. So, yes, they do. They, they have these um, quiet behind the scenes relationships with conservative parties all over the place. And, um, you know, we have a liberal government in, in power right now. We've had they've been in power for eight and a half years or whatever it's been. And I don't know why there is no appetite. Uh, 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 on part of the Trudeau government to to sort of take a look at this. It could be, and I'm just grasping on straws here, but it could be that the liberals, it might not be a cult, but they have their own bag men and their own benefactors that, that are in the wings that they give fat contracts to, right? So that is kind of the game and the way the ecosystem is. If, if, if you rat out one side, then the other side, you, you might as well rat yourself out as well. I'm just guessing, but that, that could be something. Have you guys been um, privy to any information uh, since these media stories have come out about any government official in any Commonwealth country softening and maybe maybe wanting to take a second look at the Plymouth Brethren Christian Church? Cheryl? No, no. I haven't. No, 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 I haven't heard it. I mean, nothing's come my way. Yeah, no. and that's, that's precisely the problem. That, that dull silence that you heard was us not <laughs> not being able to come up with any examples um maybe we're not doing enough maybe i'm not doing enough maybe i should be like you know maybe we should take a page out of the plymouth brethren playbook and start our own little boiler room operation where we and that's the, in the work know. so yeah. so I, like we do have a lot of irons in the fire right now we yeah. have a lot of things that we are working on to do something like that um it's just that we have to get a lot of ducks in a row, in a row to to get this on, but we definitely are have pushed a few of those dominoes, and you know you will see the ex brethren um, community definitely one hundred percent pull a page out of the PPCC books. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, Saucy Sea yeah. has a really good idea. Uh, totally gar- going to do for, that for your garbage, Cheryl. Write Plymouth Brethren Church spy information on envelope and fill it with poop. <laughs> and I have two dogs. I can I can fill it with some good shit. Make do it when you feed them like something spicy. You know, make sure make sure that, make sure it's going to get on them when they open it. You know, yeah. um, Cheryl, I want to I, I want to end the show by congratulating you. Um, you uh, have been out of the cult now. As of yesterday, for 31 years, is that right? It was. It was my 31-year anniversary yesterday. I yeah. have only known you um, for about a year and three months or so. Actually, no, no. It's it's gonna be, it's gonna be more than that because we talked a long time before you actually mm-hmm. went on the show. So let's just say it's about a year and a half or, or a little bit more. Um, I have seen uh, a a difference in you just from then until now that is like night and day. 
Um, you know what, James? I have a lot to thank you for. I would have, I would not be the person I am today had I not been forced to step out into the public's eye and do what I did on that podcast that day. So it wasn't like, a I, real gun. It wasn't a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I would have never done it. I really would have never done it. I was, mm. I mean, I, I would have been hiding for 30 years, but I did it for, I originally did it for my nieces and nephews. That's mm. who I originally did it. Now I do this shit for me. Now I do it because I deserve justice. I absolutely deserve justice. And so does every other survivor that is fighting the same battle as myself. We deserve the justice. And it, like James, the ex-brethren community have so much gratitude for you, for you were the first person that opened up this door for us to even dream or to even imagine what it would be like if we went public the way that we've gone public. This has never happened before. In all of the years of an ex-brethren community, what is happening now has never happened before. And you really were the person that showed us that door. So we're very grateful for that. Well, listen, I, thank you. That That is a very kind thing to say. Um, I, I would- You can I, cry now, James. No, I, I'm all out of tears, Richard. You know that. Um, but no, I-, I in all seriousness, when I met you and Richard, um, I felt like you guys were heroes that just hadn't been exposed as heroes yet. So my job, honestly, was really easy. Like, I mean, I didn't have, I'm, first of all, I'm reckless as hell. So I didn't have to worry about lawyers and other people poking me on the show. These people are really litigious. Like, no one was doing that to me. And so when I heard your story, Richard, and your story, Cheryl, I was thinking, like, this is so powerful. How can I not do it? So really, mm -hmm. if if I'm to be thanked, I was standing on both your sh shoulders, uh, which is okay because I'm pretty light. Um, you know, you guys are <laughs> too far in the mud. Um, Richard, uh, and you you as well. I mean, I, I don't know how long you've been sort of in hiding. I know you're coming at us right now from Istanbul. Um, but um, yeah, yep. what what is, uh, you know, the, since since all of us have known each other, um, th there has been quite a transformation, like, and, and, and quite an interesting, uh, you know, uptick in amount of X in the amount of X members that have come on your podcast and my podcast and have spoken out. Um, this is a real, the watershed moment for X members probably already happened, right? I would say last year. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I mean, the, the amount of interest is, is huge. There's new X members joining the Facebook groups and coming forward and commenting, bring out their stories every day. It, it, it's a movement with real momentum. It really yeah. is. Um, and we're going to follow all these stories, obviously. Uh, you know, it's, I'm especially interested to see how the grave desecration story is going to go because um, yeah. and, and find uh, another couple of these. Um, um, I want to find the story from France and just contrast that with how crazy how crazy they are for we wanted 10 feet of, of paved road for our suvs you know like it is so nasty um and in case anyone doesn't remember uh my announcement last week i am going to be uh taking uh one day a week um and and sometimes more but definitely one day a week uh instead of doing like five brethren shows and then disappearing for a month i'm gonna do uh, a show a week so uh we're gonna continue on these stories as much as we can. And Cheryl and Richard, I thank you very much for your time today on joining me on Black Bolt. Thanks, James. Have a good Take one. Take care. Guys. Thank you, James. And um, yeah, so th that's one of those things that I, I've, I've taken a look at, uh, you know, over the last year and a half. And, and really, um, it's it's probably what I'm known for more than anything else is doing these shows. Um, but people like Richard and Cheryl, that was so sweet that Cheryl would even say that because I look at her as like one of the strongest people I know. 
and um, all all I do is point a camera at her and 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 let her talk. There's really no I'm, I'm nobody's hero. Trust me on this. Um, but you know, uh, she taught me a lot about a lot of things. There is so much injustice when it comes to sexual abuse, whether it's a religious institution, um, you know, uh, the RCMP, or even family law. You know, where there are clear victims of of assault and abuse, and our system itself is just unwilling to to help kids and adults who are victims of sexual assault. And I know this. I know this firsthand. And I before um, I interviewed Cheryl, I, I had personal experience when I was a kid about all that stuff. But now, uh, since I met Cheryl, uh, I, I have a different kind of experience with people that I love being victimized. Uh, and I got to tell you, our system is not set up for victims. It's set up for liars and it's set up for perpetrators. And um, I am just happy to, to be a, a very, very, very small part of uh, uh, of some sort of, you know, mechanism that can possibly one day bring justice to some of them. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I, I take my hat off uh, to Cheryl and to Richard. And uh, coming up this week, uh, I'm going to have my first episode of Blackballed America, uh, Casual Friday on Friday, and then back on Sunday with the Sunday Report. I'm starting to round out a regular schedule now. Um, so we'll do Casual Friday, the Sunday Report, a Plymouth Brethren show during the week, and Blackballed America during the week. And then I might sneak in an interview or two uh, inside uh, that uh, you know, batch of shows. Um, so until next time. And, no, wait. What's my catchphrase at the end? And I'm about to play loud music, Lonnie. So please, relax. <laughs> but until then, we'll see you next time on Blackball. Thanks, everybody. Roger and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.